Today on Hell Has an Exit, a special mini episode with a letter from Tony Aponovich, who continues to sit on death row for a crime he did not commit. We'll also hear from Peter Kobach, who works with Ohioans to Stop Executions. Peter has been working with a team of people who've been advocating for Tony. In this short interview, Peter lets us know what's going on with Tony's case and what steps can be taken to help this man find the justice he deserves. Hey, welcome to the Hell Has an Exit podcast. I'm your host, Brian Alzate. This show is not affiliated with any specific 12-step program. If you or a loved one is struggling with an addiction, please find a local 12-step meeting. If you believe you may need detox or drug treatment of any kind, please call 833-999-1877 to speak to a specialist. The show is sponsored by United Recovery Project, a state-of-the-art drug and alcohol rehab facility. You can visit our website at unitedrecoveryproject.com. Wrongful conviction stories have always been interesting to me. It always reminded me of one of my favorite movies, Shawshank Redemption, where a guy goes to prison and he's totally innocent. Now, I would think that stuff like that happened in the 1950s and 60s way too often, but I didn't really think about it too much in today's day and age. That is, until I started the podcast, Hell Has an Exit. Since starting Hell Has an Exit, I've been able to interview multiple guys who are wrongfully convicted of crimes they didn't commit and spent up to 20, 30 years in prison after everybody knew that they were innocent. And a lot of these guys are literally locked up in jail for just small technicalities. The story that we're going to tell is the story of Anthony Apanovich. And this guy is literally in prison right now as we speak, even after DNA evidence was presented and freed him for more than two years. And he's literally back in jail because of a technicality. Not just jail, he's on death row, okay? And now, a letter from Tony. Hi, everybody. I am writing this from my cell on death row. I want to thank all the people who have written me letters and sent cards to me. Holidays are always hard in here, but the last four plus years have been even harder for me. The first 32 years I was fighting to prove my innocence and gain my freedom. Once the DNA was discovered and I was proven innocent and set free, my fight was over. I was moving on with my life. Then, when they kidnapped me in December of 2018 and brought me straight back to death row, I was dumbfounded. I could not figure out how to fight or what to do. Not even my lawyers could tell me what legal reasoning was used to put me back on death row. It's been hard for me and hard for my family. As each day, week, month, and year goes by, it doesn't get any easier for any of us, including my lawyers. So getting the cards and the letters from so many people has given me strength. I also know that many of you out there are praying for me and my family and for my release again. So that is why I'm writing this letter to thank you all. Several of you wrote and told me that it's because of cases like mine, innocent people being locked up, that you got interested in becoming lawyers. I wanted to share that here so that the men and women who have been locked up and have been set free already know 
that it was what happened to them that is going to help many others in the future. I don't know how long it is going to take for me to get out. I am in limbo right now. So far, the Ohio Parole Board has decided not to set a hearing date on my petition for clemency. Their reasoning is that I am not facing immediate execution in the next 30 days, so they are not concerned with an innocent man being on death row. They are in no hurry to hold the hearing, which I must have, in order for me to even ask the governor to let me out. Once again, thank you all. Anthony C. Aponovich. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey guys, so today I'm here with Peter Kobach and he's with Ohioans to Stop Executions. And in the previous interview with Tony, um, the main interview that we did, we interviewed Allison, who is the Director of Communications. Um, so Peter's here to actually give us a little update on what's going on with the case and what can actually be done. Um, you might be wondering why I'm here doing this interview, but today is Brian's actual 15 years clean, uh, clean and sober. So um, he's not able to be here with us in this moment, but we do want to congratulate him on that, obviously. So go Brian. And uh, so, so yeah, Peter, so what, um, what can you tell us about what's going on? with Tony's case. Sure. Well, thanks for the opportunity to, to be on here and, and share an update. Um, the kind of sad part is from Tony's side, there's not much of an update. So he both hasn't had an execution scheduled, which is good, but also there's not uh, movement um, for a parole board hearing or some sort of appeal. So um Right now, he is working through an appeal of the case that brought him back onto death row. But these things, unfortunately, take years and years to resolve. So in the meantime, we know that someone who's wrongfully convicted is sitting on death row. And someone who's already been free before is sitting on death row waiting for the bureaucracy of our criminal justice system to grind on. From Tony's side, not much of an update. But... Uh, the exciting part is what we're doing from the grassroots side. So mobilizing support for Tony so that we can get him out sooner. So that's what I'm excited to share with you today. When Brian did the interview with Tony, I actually went along with him to the Chillicothe Correctional Institute. And we met with a lot of the guards and, and you know people that obviously are familiar with Tony and his case. I think one of the craziest parts of this whole story, this whole injustice is that a lot of people in the system, including, you know, the prison, which the prison itself has nothing to do with convicting him and things like that. But a lot of them knew or, or felt like, yeah, they, they know that he's he's innocent or, or feel like, you know, this is such an injustice. And they just kind of, you know, they treat him how they have to treat him in the, in the prison. But they they just kind of gave us like that look like it's, they're the ones having to, to keep him there. But it's such a weird 
situation all around, you know? Yeah, and I I've been working off and on with Ohioans to stop executions since about 2013, 2014. And during that time, I did a review of everyone on death row and their cases. And when I first learned about Tony's case, it kind of blew my mind, especially the fact that he was acquitted of the charges that put him in prison and put him on death row, lived free. To my knowledge, and I talked with Tony's lawyer as well, there's not a similar case, not only in Ohio, but it's hard to find a similar case in all of the country, which just shows you kind of the absurdity of the system that we're in. I mean, Ohioans to stop executions, we're the only organization in the state of Ohio whose sole mission is to abolish the death penalty, but we're also working to reduce the use of the death penalty and identify cases like Tony's where we believe we can save his life with advocacy and with grassroots support in the eventual goal of abolishing the death penalty. So nobody has to go through what Tony has gone through, sort of the torture of the solitary confinement, the idea of an execution date being handed down any day, the decades and decades of legal battles. It all points to a broken system that can't be fixed. And Tony's case is maybe one of the clearest examples of how wrong we've gotten it. Yeah. And I think before we even we started this interview, even the fact that, you know, there's there's no update on the case and, and Tony has been back in prison for five years on death row. One of the, the good things that could happen, a good update actually would be that they give him, they set a date for him because that's a point where Tony's attorneys can then like start an appeal or the case can be like looked at again or something like that. Whereas right now, because there's no date set, they're like, well, we just don't even want to talk about this case right now. Right. And like you said, the the folks at the prison, m many people know the blatant fact staring them in the face that Tony is innocent. And last year, Tony actually applied for a parole board hearing. And at a parole board hearing, the parole board gets together and can vote to recommend clemency for the person, in this case, Tony. And so Tony applied for that, and the parole board actually declined it, saying that we, we're not going to put together a hearing until Tony has an execution date. And right. that just sets the timeline out so far in advance. But the thing is that they're not actually legally required to do that. So the Ohio statute and the Department of Corrections policy says that that does trigger a parole board hearing when you have an execution date set or when the Supreme yeah. Court of Ohio says all of your appeals have been exhausted. The parole board can also, upon its own will, act to schedule a parole board hearing. Uh, and they've done that. Okay. Recently, another individual who was on death row and had their sentence commuted, Kevin Keith, had a parole board hearing scheduled, largely due to the amount of advocacy and grassroots support in his case. And the governor can, at any moment, urge the parole board to meet and hear Tony's case. The parole board can act on its own and, and realize that if they don't act, then a man who has been acquitted of the charges continues to sit on death row, not only right. costing Tony, who turned 68 this this past February, not only costing him more of his life, but at the very basic too, it's, it's a misuse of the system. It's a misuse of taxpayer dollars that we know the facts in this case. And yet we're spending money on the guards, on the prison, on the facilities to keep him on death row. Uh, so they can act. And that's actually part of the recommendation and action that I'm 
that I wanted to share today is is what okay. folks can do to urge the parole board and the governor to take action. Right. With these cases at this point, because it's just been such a long time and I mean, the facts are out there. It's like everything is there. All we can really do to help Tony is advocate for him and like spread awareness, sign petitions and things like that. So where are those petitions and what exactly like step by step can people do to do these things? Yeah, well, we made it as, as easy as possible. So if you go to bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash take action for Tony, just one word, all lowercase, you'll be sent to a form where you can fill out a message both to Governor DeWine, the governor of Ohio, and the Ohio okay. Parole Board. It provides some sample talking points that you can use there, because I know some folks like to you know, write it from the heart and want it all in their own words. Other folks like to be prompted, inspired a little bit. So we wrote yeah. a sample message that people can start with and then make it their own. So they fill it okay. out online, and then we make sure that message gets sent to the governor and the parole board. And so far over, I think now it's over 170 messages have been sent, both okay. to the parole board and the governor from Ohioans. I invite everyone who is passionate about Tony's case and feels for him to take action. It takes just a few minutes to fill out that form. And we know that that sort of grassroots pressure and advocacy is basically the only thing that can save Tony in the short term. He could still have his appeals been out, but that could be years and years and years away from now. But the parole board could schedule a hearing a month from now if it wanted to. So we're okay. asking people to fill out that form at bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash take action for Tony, all lowercase, and a few fields of information, your messages, and then we get that sent on to the governor and the parole board. So that's exactly what you guys can do to help Tony. I mean, obviously... You can also share a lot of our posts. You can go to Tony's Instagram, Justice for Apanovich with the number four, or Hell Has an Exit. You can find the initial episode where you can hear Tony's full story. And we have some clips and things like that. So if you can share those things too, then that obviously helps raise awareness. And then it can prompt other people to, to sign the petition and, and get involved in helping Tony and, and learning more about his story, which is what, you know, all this is really about. We would really appreciate if, if you guys can take the time to do that and, and help Tony, you know, get back to his wife and his, his grandchildren. I know Brian's in touch with Tony and I exchange emails with him pretty regularly too. And knowing that folks on the outside are supporting him and advocating for him, that gives him a lot of solace and comfort. Death Row is not a happy place. It's not a, a positive place. But whenever I reach out to him, I'm able to tell him, you know, hey, people know about your case, and they're advocating for you. So know that not only will your message go to the governor and the parole board, but that we'll continue to keep Tony updated about everyone who's cheering for him and advocating for him to be free again. Yeah, absolutely. And I did. And one message with Tony, he did tell me that after we released his episode that Tons of people actually sent him like letters for Christmas and things like that. And that really just like meant the world to him. And I, and I also really appreciate, you know, Brian and the podcast and everybody really appreciates, you know, you guys doing that because that makes it someone's entire day, like being on death row, you know, and Tony, one of the other like touching things that Tony has said, or like just impactful things that Tony has said in his story was like, you know, we always ask like, well, what was like the first 30 years? Or what was it like? He's like, well, these last five years compared to like the first 30 
have been the hardest years because the first 30 years he was trying to prove his innocence he always had that hope of like fighting for that getting justice he finally did it and he got out and now he's back in so it's just really it's been so different for him these past five years we have to do whatever we can to bring justice to tony you know i really want to thank you peter for getting on here and providing you know this information and the call to actions on what people can do yeah, it, it's my pleasure. And thank you for the opportunity to talk about Tony's case and provide an update on what people can do. And know that every message that we send to the governor and the parole board, it makes a difference. I truly believe that they want to be on the right side of history as well. And they just need a little bit of encouragement from folks to tell them to do the right thing. I, I would like a pardon because I'm innocent and the evidence shows it. And uh, at the very least, just give me time served, reduce my sentence to time served, and just let me go back home. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I didn't do nothing. We're not really trying to find whether someone is guilty or not. We're trying to find whether or not the, the court proceeding was, was according to, you know, what we say it's supposed to be. What is going on now with the case, and what do you hope happens to get him back out? In April of, of 2022, we filed a clemency application mm -hmm. with the Ohio Parole Board. Uh, and in that application, uh, we laid out the facts of the case and, and made the argument that uh, there is an innocent man uh, on death row. We asked the board to recommend to the governor of Ohio uh, mm -hmm. that Tony uh, should be released from prison, uh, that his uh, death sentence uh, should be commuted to time served, uh, and that he should be released. And so uh, I would only hope that the governor would uh, have in his heart, or the next governor would have in their heart, uh, and, and in their mind and in their soul, uh, the same conviction that I have that Tony is innocent and he must be released. I will do everything in my power to try to get you out of here as soon as I, you know, we can. And uh, I'll try to get as many people to watch this podcast and to get your story out there. I'm, I'm coming home again. I truly believe God did not uh, bring that DNA to light for me to be here. This is hell has an exit, and uh, unfortunately, you're still battling in hell, yeah. and you got out before, and uh, we're going to make sure that you get out again and you stay out. All right, thanks, Brian. Yeah, appreciate Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Appreciate you. Thank you. A lot of people ask me, like, oh, could you tell he was innocent? Like, I don't believe that you could just look at someone in the eyes and tell that they were innocent, but there's so many facts in the case that regardless of what Anthony's demeanor was like, it just proves that this man didn't do the crime. This was the first time where like, we really felt like we were on a mission. And the fact that we were able to visit this man and see him in prison, to talk to him and share this story on the podcast, on a platform that, you know, saves lives in my opinion, you know, is one of the coolest things I've ever been a part of.